Hey everyone, this is Sam. Welcome back to another episode of Comorbid Conundrums. Today, I'm talking with Heidi, who is a 21-year-old peer support coach and just an awesome human altogether. In this episode, we're talking about OCD and subtypes of OCD and kind of all the troubles that come along with them. I think you guys are really going to like this episode. If you want to find Heidi on Instagram or schedule a meeting with her, you can go to her Instagram at Heidi.helps.here. And I'll put that in the description of this episode as well. Thank you guys so much and enjoy the episode. This podcast is not run by medical professionals and is not able to replace any kind of professional care or opinion. We recognize self diagnosis as valid on this podcast and sometimes necessary for several neurodivergent conditions. However, This podcast or its hosts cannot diagnose you. Comorbid Conundrums is a podcast to help build community and awareness around living with mental illness and neurodivergent conditions. I am not a doctor, therapist, or any type of medical provider. I am simply a neurodivergent human sharing my experiences with my own conditions. So with that said, let's get into the podcast. Hey, how are you? Um, I'm I'm doing good. How are you? Good. So uh, today we're talking about OCD and subtypes and kind of all that stuff. Uh, yes. Do you want to start by introducing yourself, name, age, pronouns, part of the world? Uh, thank you. Um, my name is Heidi Neighbors. Um, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm 21. Um, I am a mental health peer support advocate. Um, and like a neurodivergent peer coach, mainly on Instagram. That's, um, that's super cool. Thank you. And where, where um, do you live? Like oh, part yeah. of the world? <laughs> <laughs> totally spaced it. Um, I'm in Texas in the U S. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what, what does a peer, um, support coach do? I've never heard of that. Yeah. So, um, the, the certification is a peer specialist or a peer support worker, and um, it's a person with lived experience that is trained to just support through that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a new certification in the U.S., and mainly it's, it's like the lived reality of what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously someone can't hit all of your same diagnoses, but most of the time, um, like in community mental health, in um, private and public facilities, they'll have peer support workers around if they can afford it, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's super cool. Sorry for my long answer. No, um, no, it's it's all good. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. Thank you. I, I haven't been able to do it much in the field, so, so to speak, um, because of the pandemic and stuff. So that is why I coach on Instagram mm-hmm more um because it's hard for me to get out there Mm -hmm. um not a lot of people wear masks I'm Mm -hmm. I'm kind of on that team but yeah um I mean on the team of wearing masks yeah 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 no No, I got I got you (laughs) (laughs) but um I like the neurodivergent label better anyways Mm -hmm. it's hard to use that out and about yeah now but yeah um well, I'm sorry. I, for, I no. forgot if I answered the question. I know you're good. So I, 
uh, coaching on Instagram is like super accessible, like as well. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I try to make it so I can um, have a lot of free cases as well mm-hmm. because um, I don't know why. Um, I don't know what I was gonna say. Uh, free um, coaching sessions. Yeah, yeah. Um, I try to negotiate with everyone and do a sliding scale and do a lot of free ones mm-hmm. because it's so accessible on the internet. I also want to make it accessible price wise. Yeah. And um, I think everyone should be able to just spend time with someone or chat with someone if they have room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm still small right now, so I do have room to just talk with people or send them resources I found, you know? Yeah, that's that's really cool. I love that idea. And I know you do that too, right? Your Instagram is amazing. Thank you. I mean, I don't I don't offer like coaching sessions, um, which mm-hmm. I, I I honestly that that's kind of a cool idea. But um, yeah, I I agree. Like, I think everyone should have you know someone to talk to, and that can be really difficult, especially if you're going through mental like you know struggles. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to find someone like you know, that you know is going to talk to you without paying a fortune for therapy, which, like, therapy is great. Yes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's really I definitely, cool. Yeah, I definitely can't do what a therapist does, mm-hmm. but I feel like the in-between moments, like, just talking to someone who's on the same page, mm-hmm. that's affirming in whatever ways you need, neurodiverse affirming, queer affirming, mm-hmm. like, you know who you're getting. Yeah. And it's low risk too right yeah there's no hassle with like insurance or you know trying to get a therapist to yeah. understand where, where you're coming from kind of thing yeah 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 <laughs> I totally get that that's so cool so um I, I'm gonna switch the conversation and we can talk more about this at the end and I'll I'll give you a yeah. chance to like plug your plug your stuff <laughs> <laughs> thank um, you but um so I'm wondering what uh, kind of what comorbidities do you have, and when were you diagnosed yes. with them? Okay, so I guess I guess I would call myself um, autistic, ADHD, and OCD. Mm-hmm. I have I have some trauma in my history, so I I think I have CPTSD, mm-hmm. complex PTSD, which we know is like not official but it's Mm -hmm. it's pretty awesome to me Mm -hmm. and then um I I'm debating about my bipolar disorder yeah because the meds work great and it kind of fits but like the ADHD and autism fit better Mm -hmm. and my OCD looks pretty similar to mania Mm. so so that's where I kind of sit I like to think of like autism ADHD OCD as my main things mm-hmm. um but other people think that OCD like doesn't belong with like neurodivergence it's more of like a mental illness mm-hmm. and I agree but I disagree a little yeah for mine yeah, yeah I, I I think that OCD belongs in the neurodivergent umbrella just because I will I mean I think a lot of um yeah a lot of mental illnesses do right yeah yeah they do like depression anxiety you know it, yes basically mental Anything. yeah mental illnesses are just you know your brain is just rewired a different way and you know in some cases it can be like 
fixed, quote unquote, or, you know, like treated, but some neurodivergencies don't need to be treated, right? Like, yeah, or in like, uh, like autism, or I, I don't know about ADHD. Some people think that it does need to be treated and some people don't. But I think overall, like all mental illnesses, all like neurodiverse, like, um, mm-hmm. neurotypes kind of thing belong in yeah. like as labeled as neurodivergent I think yeah I I kind of heard or saw think of it as like um your your brain is structured differently mm-hmm. and so whether you like have a different structured brain or you come upon that different structure mm-hmm. you're neurodiverse but I don't know if that's I like that. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. I like that. Yeah. Because, like... Always, I always, like, end with uncertainty because I'm not the expert, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. No, I'm just a person that lives with mental illness and, you know, neurodivergent, you know, conditions. Yeah. I don't... I don't know. I, I'm not an expert. <laughs> yeah. But, um... But we... Yeah. We do know a lot from the... From our lived experiences, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, that's why I think it's important for, like, you, like, talking with other people and, you know, helping people, you know, get through their struggles as well. Because, like, you you can, you know, at least to a degree of what they're going through. Yeah. And it can be really nice um, for me as well to talk to people who are on my same page, on my level, Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, like the etiquette is different. Mm-hmm. The the conversation is different. Yeah, um, it puts like both people at ease. I think to be both neurodiverse in some way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because like then you don't have to explain like you know if we're talking about OCD, we don't have to explain what POCD is every single time or what subtypes yes. are, and you know explain like what OCD like you know we can just start off like right off from the bat like you know yeah. talking about it like this is what's going on mm-hmm. and then they're like oh is it like this or like oh I, I already know about that mm-hmm. that sucks yeah yeah definitely so um you said you're aut- autistic ADHD OCD that's kind of like the umbrella um yeah. I you said that you had like diagnoses of other things but um what I'm hearing is like I mean, in my experience as well, getting diagnoses is so hard because so many symptoms and, like, characteristics match up with so many different uh, yeah. conditions. And it's it's so difficult to try and figure out exactly what, you know, condition you have. Yeah. yeah. For, for me, I think, um, I think that the more that I learn, sometimes the more diagnoses I align with. Mm-hmm. But um, I I count that as a blessing because it explains more stuff for me. Mm-hmm. And like with my with my autism and my ADHD, I didn't claim those until after my OCD diagnosis mm-hmm. because I learned like, this isn't anxiety, this is OCD, mm-hmm. and then I was able to, like, pick apart my OCD mm-hmm. and then say, okay, there's still something left that's divergent. Mm-hmm. It's autism and ADHD. Yeah. And, like, the positive aspects of OCD as well. Mm-hmm. Those are, like, what I keep. 
but but it was hard yeah. to to get there. Yeah, definitely. What when were you diagnosed with OCD? It it was about about two years ago mm-hmm. now. Um, it was in November two years ago, and it was when I was trying to go back to college um, after a gap semester mm-hmm. for COVID, and I got. I got diagnosed with OCD and nothing else, mm-hmm. um, but it was really interesting because the way, like, I feel like I'm a good reader and a good researcher. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't just like read the first page of Google, but I never thought I had OCD, but I've had it my whole life once I really yeah. understood what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Think, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it's hard on calls. I never know when when each person is Me supposed too. to speak. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, I I was diagnosed with OCD this year, and like like you were oh, saying, nice. I didn't know I had OCD, but I've had it my whole life. Like, I you know when yeah. I when I first was able to like understand what OCD actually was, I looked back and my earliest memories of having OCD was in like third and fourth grade. And I, yeah. I look back and I, I can like link different like behaviors I did to OCD. And it, it makes so much sense when you are able to understand. Yeah. And for me, it was more than just confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. It was, it was like, um, childhood onset OCD is right around like nine years old Mm -hmm. and that was for me too like fourth grade I was nine yep and like just knowing what an obsession and a compulsion are Mm -hmm. differing from like anxiety and differing from regular worrying Mm -hmm. like that was always my question was Mm -hmm. what kind of anxiety is this yeah and it was the OCD kind oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) I know surprise 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 yeah I yeah I've had trouble with therapists in the past you know before I had my OCD um, diagnosis I would explain my my obsessions and my you know basically mental compulsions I don't have a lot of physical compulsions yeah Um, me either but you know I would explain this to them and they would just say uh oh that's just anxiety but then you know I I know what my anxiety feels like it's different than OCD obsessions and anxiety you know it's different (laughs) I I want to make more content about that but I I have to think on it more Mm -hmm. but I completely understand that I used to tell my therapist that like I had these weird looping thought patterns Mm -hmm. and she was like, wow, that is weird. Mm -hmm. You're just really anxious. Yeah. (laughs) And you're really traumatized and PTSD can do that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll work on it. But Mm -hmm. like us in the OCD community, we know like the stuff that works for trauma doesn't work for OCD Mm -hmm. necessarily in the the way it to. Mm -hmm. And it can be backwards too. You, you already know. Yeah, but. no, yeah, I get that. I know, I've, I have, um, I mean, I'm not diagnosed yet with, um, PTSD or CP, CPTSD, mm-hmm. um, but it's pretty obvious I, I have it, and I'm, I'm even wondering now because I've been doing a lot of research between, like, I, I have a BPD diagnosis, but I'm starting to mm. think that that just might be CPTSD because the, you know, the, yeah. the symptoms are so similar in some ways 
really similar. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like um, OCD and like trauma can relate in some ways, and yeah, you know, kind of cause each other to like get worse, <laughs> which is not I, fun. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that mm-hmm. one. So, um, what what OCD subtypes do you have? If you're yeah. comfortable sharing. Yeah, I would love to share. Um, I I guess they they change for me mm-hmm. since I'm like a two year old OCD. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I've gone through like a couple phases, but the ones that bother me the most are existential OCD, mm. like ruminating about death and like what's going to happen after or Mm -hmm. trying to figure out the answer to something. Um, I have a lot of POCD, which Mm -hmm. is pedophilia OCD. Mm -hmm. And I, I, uh, trigger warning, Mm -hmm. I am a CSA survivor Mm -hmm. and I also have the pedophilia OCD. Like I'm going to continue the cycle, which I am not going to continue the cycle. Right. Um, but I have that one and I have a lot of like um a lot of therapists will say like oh this is anxiety this is just like catastrophizing Mm -hmm. everything or perfectionism Mm -hmm. um but I have a lot of rumination that like escalates very quickly Mm -hmm. to like um situations where I'm out of control like financially or socially stuff mm-hmm. stuff like that where it just goes wrong but like creatively a mm-hmm. lot of world events and stuff yeah um, that makes sense and then um i'm trying to remember any last ones mm-hmm. i have a lot of medical stuff mm-hmm. but it's it's a lot of mental compulsions like you said yours mm-hmm. were oh harm ocd yeah yeah I love that one. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I probably crossed over a couple ones, but they all kind of blur together for me now. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long, long time. How about you? Yeah, well, I, like you said, I feel like the subtypes change over time. And, like, you know, yeah. as far as I can remember, I've had, like, Just Right OCD um, where, like, you know, things have to be perfect. And people always just told me I was, like, um, a perfectionist or whatever. And, and I I, yeah. I, I do, like, I am very perfectionist. But um, I've had just right OCD. Um, and it it kind of comes in waves. Like, some, some months it'll be really, really strong. And then other months it'll be, like, I'm not even dealing with it. Yeah. Um, but I've had, um, like, sexual... OCD, like, uh, mm-hmm. like thoughts and stuff, intrusive thoughts, unwanted thoughts about that. Yeah. Um, the biggest ones for me have been harm, um, and sexual orientation and. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's, it's a lot, especially cause I'm, I, I'm, I identify as asexual. And so the mm-hmm. sexual orientation OCD really is awful because I'm constantly you know thinking about like oh what if I'm what if I'm wrong and like the mental (laughs) the mental (laughs) compulsions and like you know groinal like checking and yeah stuff like that is just it's not fun um but that one kind of comes in waves as well 
and um, I also have POCD, um, which for if you're listening, that's not the same as being a pedophile. It is not the same. It is not. <laughs> having not having POCD means you have unwanted like intrusive thoughts about it, and it's not wanted at all. But uh, I I've had that for you know it it goes off and on throughout my life. Um, yeah. And it's been it's been difficult because I used to work in schools and I would often like yeah take, me too I would often take days off or like weeks off of work and just claim I was sick because I was you know the OCD was so bad I was like I can't go yeah and work with these kids right now like I don't know like I can't trust my brain and yeah it was really difficult um, but yeah I I've had that and um, harm and health health as well um, has kind of been a big one for me recently with some different, um, like, health problems. I, I'm constantly, like, one of the biggest compulsions I have is um, researching and, like... Yeah. Like, you know, checking all of my symptoms, making lists, and it's not, like, fun. <laughs> it's it's distressing <laughs> researching, but which is, which is difficult, because I was just talking about this with someone else, but, you know, the autistic side of me or you know not side of me because I <laughs> no. but like I um I love researching and like that's just always been a part of me but OCD has taken that from me I think and yeah. has kind of made it so like every time I research I think and I'm you know checking like oh is this compulsion am I doing this anxiously <laughs> yeah. and I, you know I, I can never tell and so I, it's really hard <clears throat> yeah I, I totally relate to that, and I still do it sometimes. Now, now I I say it's like, this is a judgment, not a compulsion. Mm-hmm. But I still do have to ask myself, like, is this researching feeling fun, or is it mm-hmm. for something irrational? Yeah. Is it for something that we know is weird, mm-hmm. or is... <laughs> you right. know what I mean. Yeah, is um, this researching causing me joy or stress? <laughs> Yeah. Like, is it special yeah. interest researching or is it OCD researching? That's sometimes yeah. hard to figure out for me. <clears throat> so true. Yeah. <laughs> I I related to a couple of the subtypes you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's funny because my, my partner doesn't have OCD, but he is asexual mm-hmm. and he's, like, demisexual. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that will mess with me so I relate it a little bit Mm -hmm. although I'm not I'm bisexual Mm -hmm. and I'm always wondering like what if I caused it with my thoughts what if I beamed Mm. thoughts into his brain Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like I'm like no I I love that he's asexual that's great Mm -hmm. and my OCD is like well what if you caused it and it it is great what then Mm -hmm. like just asking um asking things to annoy me kind of right yeah it's just the like what if questions that you can never get rid of yeah it's like you know like little kids they're like um you know they're constantly asking like well why why over and over again until there's like no way you can answer (laughs) yeah until there's nothing left yeah it's kind of like ocd i think yeah especially like that that loopiness Mm -hmm not loopiness but like the thoughts loop Mm -hmm. and um and they're so sticky Mm -hmm. like you can't put them down that's I relate that to 
like hyper focus with ADHD. Mm-hmm. Like once you're focused on an obsession or a compulsion, yeah. Even if you don't like see me focused on it, like it's there. Mm-hmm. It's not going away. <laughs> yeah, it's just stuck there for as long as you know, as long as it wants. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh sorry go ahead (laughs) sorry you go (laughs) uh I was gonna say like have you done any like ERP um yeah um my my first this is interesting because I I kind of had like a lot of severe stuff happen before I could get to a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. there was like a lot a long wait and like not a lot of people who seemed OCD competent. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I wasn't looking for OCD at the time, mm-hmm. but they didn't seem like they wanted to prescribe or that they wanted to figure it out mm-hmm. beyond like depression, anxiety. Yeah. So I waited for a bit. My symptoms got really severe to where I was like, I was having like six to eight like meltdowns, but OCD mm-hmm. like, I call them frenzies Mm -hmm. so I can differentiate. Um, But I would have like six to eight frenzies a day Mm -hmm. of kind of like the typical cleaning compulsions Mm -hmm. um, and like food checking compulsions. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was when it was like really, really bad unrelated to COVID, but during COVID. So it made it worse. Oh yeah. Cause then you're stuck at home and you have nothing else to do except give into the compulsion yeah yeah exactly um and so when I first got treatment I wasn't supposed to do ERP I was supposed to get on meds Mm -hmm. so I could be less stressed Mm -hmm. um and then after I got after I tried a couple medications I kind of did ERP on my own Mm -hmm. and then I tried a therapist that was an OCD specialist but she didn't specialize in autism Mm -hmm. and kind of like didn't know anything about it so I went back to doing DIY Mm -hmm. but I I found it to be successful as long as you put some like radical acceptance in there but it's kind of implied with like every therapist that like I talk to so ERP has gotten less scary (laughs) the more I've gotten into it that's good to um, hear. I haven't done too much ERP because I, I, my diagnosis has only been, you know, six, six, seven months ago. Um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on it? Have you tried any medications or any other therapies for it? Um, I, I'm on a few medications for like anxiety and depression. And I think mm-hmm. that it's helped. I mean, it's helped a lot with my social anxiety and, you know, some of my more, oh, good. It, it's helped kind of calm the, um, anxiety that comes with the obsessive thoughts but you know the thoughts are still there it doesn't it doesn't stop the thoughts but um yeah and, and I've been working with my therapist on doing a little bit of ERP uh, just just starting out like a couple weeks ago um and oh, nice. and that's been pretty difficult it's um I feel like when I start talking about my OCD like it gets worse or, you know, kind of like my tics, mm. like, it'll just get worse when I start talking about it, because my <laughs> brain is, like, thinking about it. Um, yeah. So then, the, um, it's it's been hard to do ERP, because a lot of my um, compulsions are mental, and so it's really difficult to, like, pull away from that, 
Um, yes. I feel like with a physical compulsion, like if I if I had a compulsion to like, you know, clean, I feel like that would be easier. I'm not saying it's easy, but easier than no, you're good. than um, <laughs> like you know, than trying to combat a thought, right? Because thoughts yeah. are they're sticky; they don't, they don't go away. Because and then it feels like yeah. you're you're doing it all day long, and it's exhausting. I don't know. <laughs> I've just started, though, so I think that's normal for it to be difficult. <laughs> yeah. I I definitely had a hard time at first, especially with mental compulsions. Because um, after I got less stress from my medications, mm-hmm. I guess, um, I I had a lot of those hidden ones that I was, like, looking back, and I was like, oh, that's OCD. Mm-hmm. It's not just like autistic rigidity yeah it's it's actually like imposing on other people it's not rational Mm -hmm. it's like sticky and loopy and (laughs) not like my values like ocd is um how do i say this word ego die not ego dynast i don't know (laughs) i'm not sure what word you're talking about sorry i wish i could help (laughs) no um it's the OCD word for, like, it's not, like, congruent with your ego. Like, mm. you don't want these thoughts. They're not yeah. aligned with your values. Right. So I started seeing more of that. But the mental compulsions are so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's about dealing with the thought when it comes, but the thoughts can come whenever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't, you can't predict them. Yeah. Yeah, that's what? difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry, I, I do that all the time. <laughs> I, like, I'll butt in with, like, no. an extra comment, and then I'll I'll also forget what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just the neurodivergent lifestyle, I guess. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how, like, okay. For me, I feel like I only have a couple subtypes at a time because then, you know, because they ebb and flow. Is that kind of like for you or is it sometimes are they all at once kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I have to kind of like think back because as much as I love to talk about it, Mm -hmm. I'm worried that I will like slip back Mm -hmm. into having a lot of intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Um, So I guess... I guess the ones that stick around right now are, like, the magical thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't talk about that, but mm-hmm. magical thinking is when you, um, you're you worried about, like, the universe hearing your thoughts or, like, mm-hmm. setting your intentions wrong, manifesting wrong, all of that, mm-hmm. like, magical mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, I worry about that. I worry about the butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess a lot of existential stuff still. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think I've ever, I mean, I don't know if I've had a lot of existential OCD. I've kind of, I've never really, you know, thought about that too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so hopefully that doesn't spark, um, spark a new subtype, <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, I always feel that way. Yeah. Um, what are your current ones? Uh, right now. I would say health 
is a big one like constantly Mm -hmm. stressed about oh what if I have this condition what if I have this disease what's wrong with me kind of thing like I have to figure out exactly what is going on in my brain um or in or in my body so it's kind of like um mental health slash physical health um that's kind of the biggest one and then um I don't know. Right right now, it feels like that's the biggest one. And um, harm is also one that kind of is always just there, kind of in the background, like, waiting to pop up. Yeah. I, for the health one, um, I, I'm trying to remember and, like, uh, stalling while I do. Mm -hmm. But I... I used to really want to know, like, the answer of, like, what my neurotype was mm-hmm. or, like, what every disorder meant and stuff um, or, like, trying on every label mm-hmm. and, like, that was my way of checking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I totally, yeah, I hard. totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember what else I used to do, um, but... What compulsions do you have from that, mental or physical? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, researching is the biggest one, especially for health. Like, um, checking my checking is a big one. Like, checking my symptoms, kind of doing like, um, uh, I guess like you know, body scans for meditation. Yeah, it's kind of like that where I'm like constantly scanning my body for like symptoms. And then if I feel something's wrong, I'll go immediately yeah. to Google and start researching. Um, another big one is, I guess, list making, I feel like is a big compulsion. Mm. Um, like making spreadsheets upon spreadsheets of different <laughs> diagnoses I think I can have. Matching up, mm-hmm. like, you know, this kind of ties into researching. Matching up, like what the criteria is for diagnosing, what my symptoms are, and kind of, like you said, trying on every different label of or, like, neurotype to see, like, what fits. But then it makes me so anxious because I'm like, oh, because then the imposter syndrome sinks in and, the, and I feel like, oh, what if I'm a fraud? <laughs> what if I'm faking the symptoms I'm feeling? So then yeah. I get into compulsions about, you know, like ruminating on what if I'm a fraud and you know that kind of like <laughs> imposter syndrome I feel like that yeah. kind of it becomes its own subtype of itself sometimes yeah I I agree with that I think you can make anything a new subtype mm-hmm. and just because people aren't talking about it it doesn't mean the subtype doesn't exist mm-hmm. um one that I thought of while you were talking about health mm-hmm. OCD was like thematic OCD Mm. and I think I think that means like when you can hear like your own blood pumping or Mm. like you can feel your body Mm -hmm. um and that I used to body scan Mm -hmm. and be obsessed with like I can hear my blood rushing like Mm. is that bad is that good how yeah how is it changing um I don't know if it's the same subtype yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it relates. I feel like some of the subtypes relate to each other, but aren't quite the yeah. same. <laughs> they're, I don't even know if we need them, but they're really nice to have mm-hmm. to just talk about something scary, mm-hmm. but also have a label for it. 
Yeah, I I feel like it's nice to have a name for it. Like, you know, before I knew what subtypes were, I didn't even know I had OCD because, you know, I thought OCD was like, you know, being concerned about germs or switching a light switch three times every time you walk into a room. Like, that's what I thought OCD was until I found different subtypes. And I think the first one I found was sexual orientation and, um, like, sexual intrusive thoughts and I was like oh my god I have these (laughs) and then I was like okay I think I have OCD and then I got diagnosed yeah but so I think the subtypes are really helpful to put a name to it you know yeah yeah I agree and it kind of helps with like the um stereotype of OCD and you know, yeah. one, one of the biggest things that bothers me is when people are like, oh, I'm so OCD, but they have no idea, <laughs> no idea oh, what OCD yeah. is. <laughs> and, oh, there's so many crazy, just like current instances or like people that you tell them and they just don't care to change it. They're mm-hmm. like, well, people know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's still, it sounds weird, mm-hmm. you know? It's still a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem for sure. Yeah, I know. Because I, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I I don't know what I was gonna say. Ah, um, sorry. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. OCD as an adjective or a joke, mm-hmm. like it's pretty serious to me. Mm-hmm. I I've um had a lot of serious like comorbidities pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you have too, but just like really serious feelings come from like carrying OCD around mm-hmm. and having it change on you all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's scary. And I feel like people, you know, th- they don't realize that, you know, the people that are actually struggling with OCD are it's not fun it's not it's not being organized and you know liking organization I mean I love being organized I am a very organized and clean person (laughs) um I'm not (laughs) but um I I think that's just because like I I'm autistic and I I like my you know I like things the way they are um I I don't know if I have ADHD I don't I don't think I do but um yeah, but yeah, like that might be my messiness, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, I've always been clean and stuff. And people, even when I was younger, they would tell me, "Oh, you're so OCD," and I would get, I would be like, you know, yeah. I was little, I didn't even know what OCD was, and it, I was just kind of like, "Oh, well, that doesn't sound nice." Like I'm just, I'm just <laughs> clean. And then now I know what it is. I know I have it. I know how awful and, you know, how terrible it is to actually have and deal with and how scary it is and you know when people say oh I'm so OCD or you know that's so OCD of you you know it's like uh it's 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 (sighs) I I try to tell people you know when I hear that I try and tell them like oh actually please don't you know you know I try I try and like correct them but most of the time they're like oh well it doesn't matter people like you said people know what I mean I just mean I'm like organized or or rigid but like mm, that's not you're doing you're doing me harm <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah I I love to to talk to people about OCD like after I've calmed down mm-hmm. because 
I feel like a lot of people have it mm-hmm. and they think that they have anxiety and they just don't want to go to the doctor because it's just their job or it's just their mm-hmm. like it like relationship anxiety there mm-hmm. has been kind of a huge debate lately I don't know if this is on topic but um there's there's been like relationship therapists that are like stop posting these OCD subtypes because people are going through like domestic abuse or relationship problems Mm -hmm. but there's also the OCD element to consider Mm -hmm. um like is this stress Mm -hmm. valid or not yeah because obviously in an abusive situation like that that is okay to have second thoughts about the relationship and doubts and stuff but yeah you might have OCD at the same time and it would be helpful to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think with like, you know, if, if someone is in an abusive relationship and is, you know, seeing like, oh, relationship OCD, like I, I'm second guessing all this stuff. It must be OCD. I, I think like if you, you know, more than one person is going to see that relationship as abusive. So if you talk with other people about it, yeah, it, you know, it, OCD is, like, it, other people can't really see your, you know, other people can't see your thoughts. OCD, like, is invisible to other people for most of the time. Yeah. I think once another OCD person describes it to you, Mm -hmm. or, you know, like, a good doctor, Mm -hmm. a good psych, um, once they describe it to you, like, there's no going back. It's Mm -hmm. like, I understand now. Right, yeah. For me, at least. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> All um, right. Yeah. I, I guess, what was, I don't want to ask you questions. No, go um, ahead. <laughs> but I'm always interested to know, like, how would you describe your OCD experience if you were, like, writing the DSM? Ooh. Versus, like, how, how you have read, like, the basic explanation. Oh my god, that's a good question. Um, uh, you know, I feel like... And I can tell you mine what, while you think, if you want. Yeah, that that might be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm always interested in that because <clears throat> I, what I heard OCD was, was like a, a cycle mm-hmm. of obsessive and... Um, like obsessions and compulsions, mm-hmm. basic. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was like bipolar, mm. where and I had this misconception that you always had to be on the cycle, on like a high or a low. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have a lot of highs and lows. I just had weird thoughts. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, this one seems like a very logical disorder. It's not a weird disorder, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of presents itself as, like, very straightforward. Like, there's no way you wouldn't know if you had it. Right, so yeah. I guess if I was writing the DSM, um, I, I would put that... I would put you have to have, like, some of these four criteria. Your thoughts have to be sticky, loopy, mm-hmm. creative like but irrational creative Mm -hmm. and then like fast Mm -hmm. 
those are the four for me. Yeah. And that's how I know, like, my OCD is getting, like, bad again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just didn't understand it like that. I thought it had to be a cycle. It was just one or a lot, but they were, like, visible or on topic. I didn't know about, like, the the hidden topics. I thought I was just overly worried with mm-hmm. death and dying. But I was overly worried in, like, the OCD way. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's definitely, that's how I heard it as well. Kind of like, um, you know, you're, for me, it was like, oh, you're either having a ton of obsessions or you're doing a ton of compulsions. It was like either or not, Ooh. it wasn't explained to me as like, you have both. Um, yeah. And so I thought like, you know, like, I thought it was like, kind of like you said, like bipolar, like, you know how you have like depressive episodes and manic episodes. I thought it was like that. Like you had obsessive episodes and then you have compulsive episodes um and i was like well i don't really have compulsions nowhere in the dsm i don't think does it talk about mental compulsions um yeah i mean it might talk about ruminating but i didn't really understand what that was like ruminating like my thoughts you know are replaying on a loop they're really they won't go away is that ruminating i don't know it doesn't really explain what any of the like what you know what what they are um so i feel like that's what i would change is like adding more specific examples and definitions of the like words they use in the dsm especially for ocd like yeah explaining like the different types of compulsions that could happen and explaining like you know mental compulsions are a thing and ocd can be invisible and um you know, kind of like that, but I definitely, yeah. I, the, reading the DSM, there was no way I thought I had OCD. Um, yeah. And, and even when I took the, um, the, like, diagnostic, like, test for OCD, even then, mm-hmm. taking that test, like, you know, I obviously got diagnosed, so I, I you know, I, <laughs> I wrote enough down that they were like, yeah, that sounds pretty much like OCD, but reading it, you know, as, um, as not a professional i didn't have any understanding that like you know thinking about like you know having obsessions about like sexual orientation or self-harm or you know um you know stuff or health that kind of stuff like was ocd i just thought it was germs clicking light switches three times you know having like (laughs) order and stuff like that um so i yeah i would definitely add more like description of subtypes and stuff yeah i would love more description because Mm -hmm. like there's so many symptom overlaps and that's why doctors say like they have to have their degrees and they Mm -hmm. have to look at each case and everything and and that's why there's not as much descriptors because you need to be looked at by a professional yeah but i think to put that responsibility on doctors to like catch everyone Mm -hmm. it's like the school psychologist should be catching this at nine Mm -hmm. to screen for everyone like the colleges should be catching it Mm -hmm. you should have like a doctor but of course not everyone has that the majority of people I know don't have that yeah and um and you have to kind of guess for yourself what you might have before you go to the doctor yeah so I wish there was more descriptors so that layman p- 
people, I guess, mm-hmm. people with lived experience can read it and say, that's me. Right. Let me confirm it with a doctor. Let me see. Right. Yeah. I feel like confirmation with the doctor is much more important than, you know, going to the doctor and be like, I have no idea what's going on. Please tell me. And the doctor is like, I can't tell you. You have to explain (laughs) things to me first. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yes. I'm a huge fan of Mm -hmm. self-diagnosis. I have a couple in mind that are Mm self-diagnosed. I kind of like to keep them secret, not not out of shame Mm -hmm. anymore, (laughs) but because um, I always used to have people ask me, mm-hmm. and now I just say like I am, but you'll you'll never guess which ones. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you'll have right. to decide for yourself and look at me and judge me that way. Right. I yeah. don't know. It's kind of <laughs> no. I mean, I, I've done that with like autism too, because I'm self-diagnosed autistic, and I've I've had this kind of like you know, the fraud feeling like, oh, I I can't tell people I'm autistic because I'm self-diagnosed, yeah. but, but, but I am, <laughs> you know, I am autistic, <laughs> even though I'm self-diagnosed, even though I haven't gotten the diagnosis yet, you know, yeah. so I, I'm trying to like, you know, feel better about just telling people like I'm autistic and then no one, no one has ever asked me like, oh, let me see your diagnosis. <laughs> like no, no one says that. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I no one has asked me that either mm-hmm. outside of school and work, which I've had problems with, but mm-hmm. nothing I couldn't like either bully my way into or leave. Yeah, it's it's so hard though. Have you had any problems with OCD at like at work or school? Because I mm-hmm. that's all the time for me. Yeah. Well, right now I'm I'm not working. I I am starting a new job in a couple weeks. Um. Good for you. But yeah, both. yeah. Um, I, you know, the POCD has had been a problem uh, when I worked in schools and daycares, and I would often, you know, yeah. miss work and not call in, and you know, it just create problems. Um, yeah. By not showing up, uh, because my anxiety because of the the thoughts were so bad, and I I didn't. Yeah. You know, so that that was a big problem. Um, not as much right now, um, especially because I haven't been working with kids for about seven months now. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. and then when I was younger in school, um, you know, OCD was a, a problem. I was a very anxious kid and very quiet. And so my OCD, mm-hmm. like, the thoughts, I would just sit in my chair and <laughs> freeze. I would freeze up. I wouldn't even go to the bathroom. I yeah. wouldn't raise my hand. I was so afraid that if I moved, I would do something I would regret. Like, knock over yeah. a chair or, like, scream at someone. Because the thoughts were telling me, like, oh, you should do this. Oh, <laughs> you should do that. Yeah. And and so, like, you know, that created a lot of anxiety at school, especially because I, I, didn't, I didn't trust myself. I didn't know what was happening in my brain. I didn't talk to anyone about it because I thought that yeah. I would... I thought people would be mad at me for having these crazy thoughts. Yeah, it. I remember feeling like that, and I remember, like, like kids show episodes at the time. Mm-hmm. Just they would always have like that throwaway joke, where like the character goes to the psychiatrist and is like, "Help! I'm having thoughts in my brain," and mm-hmm. they are like, "That's just your conscience." Mm-hmm. You're dumb and you're having thoughts for the first time. Mm-hmm. 
or like that's just your inner monologue yeah and so I was always like they're they're just gonna tell me it's my it's my thoughts it's not any anxiety or something wrong yeah I hate that throwaway Mm -hmm. I I always figured everyone else was having it too right yeah um and I just thought I was just really good at hiding it (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah Yeah. and no no one ever like thought something was wrong with me no one ever thought I could be autistic Mm -hmm. no one ever thought I had social anxiety because I was so quiet and I just kind of followed the rules I did what everyone else did and you know I was the golden child I I did what I was told and I was quiet about it and no one ever expected me to have OCD or be autistic and you know they kind of just ignored me because I was quiet and that you know, created a lot of more problems for me as an adult now that I'm more vocal about my struggles with people. But as a kid, I felt so alone. Like, I didn't know what was going on in my yeah. brain. I wish we could have been friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I felt the same way. It It's really hard to have weird thoughts in your brain all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was thinking about what you said about the pedophilia OCD and working in schools and stuff. I, I have always wanted to be a music teacher Mm. and separating my trauma flashbacks from my POCD um, has been hard, but not impossible. Yeah. And I still get like intrusive thoughts at school Mm -hmm. Um, or like, I don't substitute now. Mm -hmm. So I guess not like I don't still get them. But um, I was in, I was substituting like a year and a half ago, Mm -hmm. a year ago. Um, Eventually it got to the point where I could brush them off Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So I hope that for you, but I also know how awful it can be to just like, like some adults will, some grownups, quote unquote, will understand like the intrusive thought of swerving off the highway. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's like that, but with kids around you. Yeah. And. Which is just terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, it is terrifying. Um, It's gotten better for me, though. That's good. Yeah. I feel like it's gotten better now that I've not been, you know, working with kids. But, you know, I I also have that anxiety of, like, you know, I love working with kids. It was, like, one of the biggest things that brought me joy was, you know, working with uh, kids, kids on the spectrum was my favorite thing in the world. Mm, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm worried cause I, I wish I could go back, but my anxiety is, you know, so high with that. So I, I hope it gets better, but yeah. School environment is so tough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of any resources maybe i'll text you some later mm-hmm. yeah that'd be but great. i'm sure you've already seen everything there is to see <laughs> i mean i've seen quite a bit like research wise yeah. but i'm not sure yeah there, you know sometimes there someone will send me something that i've never seen and i'm like oh my god thank you <laughs> oh my gosh yeah me too um but yeah do you have any more questions or anything we can um, talk about next I don't think so. I mean, we've reached the, like, 56-minute mark, so yeah. we should probably wrap it up. Um, yeah. But, is it, you know, 
I wanted you to have a chance to plug your um oh yeah coaching and if you want to say any last things go ahead yeah um I I'll plug my coaching real quick um I I do neurodivergent peer coaching it's um my at on Instagram is heidi.helps.here that's h-e-i-d-i dot h-e-l-p-s dot h-e-r-e and um I do $25 sessions on a sliding scale to zero. So it's, it's pretty fun, low stakes talking about just whatever you want to, whatever you want to talk about. Um, and, oh, finally my AC turned off. Um, (laughs) I just also want to say thank you for the conversation and, and your account is just so fun. Um, my, my partner actually won one of the sticker um, giveaways and he was so excited oh like, <laughs> well that was that was your lucky. partner oh yeah yeah I wanted to post about it online but I just haven't had time mm-hmm. I wanted to tell you about it too oh but... that's so cool I had no idea <laughs> yeah um but yeah just the information you give out is really great lived experience like information I love it oh thank you so um, much <laughs> Yeah, you're welcome. You deserve it. Thanks. Um. <laughs> I've really enjoyed talking with you. This was so much fun. I, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. I, I'm sorry that we couldn't be face-to-face. Um, I know. <laughs> the conversation's a little still stilted, I guess, but that um, I still had a really awesome time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So thank you so much for coming on here and talking with me. And yeah, if you guys want to find... Heidi, visit her Instagram. I'll put it in the description on this podcast as well. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh.